0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
0: This is A to Z with Mark Zeno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, man, I'm tired of being right. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday, back in the saddle after a mini vacation day and a wonderful weekend it was for me. More on that in a moment. Appreciate you guys starting your Monday with A to Z. Of course, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnATL. You can follow me at Mark Zino, M A R K Z I N N O. Great to be back with you guys. Huge thanks to John Michaels for stepping in on Friday while I was on vacation. Had a golf weekend with some friends, really good buddies of mine who we've done this every year for the last. Seven-plus years, uh, so it's a lot of fun, a lot of time out on the golf course, a lot of cold ones, and certainly good to be back in the saddle. But uh, I come back here on this Monday to a Braves team that's up, 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 above 500. Now, I don't want to do the victory lap yet, right? Because, well, it's possible, and I mean it is possible that, uh, you know, they can lose a game here or there and, and still fall below 500. But, you know, what I did tell you, the date I said on the wall, and I said this way back in the beginning of May. I want to go back and pull the tape, but I said it back in the beginning of May that June 15th was the date on the calendar. And I remember looking at the series uh, where they had – it was the beginning of May, three versus Milwaukee. They were 12 and 15 at the time. They had three versus Milwaukee, two versus Boston, and three versus San Diego. And I kept telling you, look, if they could take six out of eight here in these eight home games during this homestand, they'll be above 500. I think they'd be there to stay. Well, that didn't happen, um, And but I still had the date of June 15th really being on the wall after they finish up the series with the Washington Nationals as the day where they would be above 500 and stay there for the rest of the season. Now, uh, I, I talked about the, the team's that they were playing Arizona, Colorado, Oakland, Pittsburgh, and Washington—all really bad teams—and uh, they could take advantage. So it looks like they started to do that. And really, over this five-game win streak, the Braves have really started to um, do the little things you need to do to win to win ball games. Of course, they've won two extra inning games. That certainly helps, but. You know, um, they finish up the Arizona series with a 6 nothing win. They scored 13 runs in the first series against Colorado. They get a, a two-run win uh, against Colorado in extras in the first game. And then, of course, uh, the explosion in the 11th inning on Saturday and a big 8-7 win yesterday. So, I mean, this has all worked out quite nicely. And now they're going to come up against this Oakland A's team that, well, frankly – uh, and of course, they have a day off today. But frankly, is is bad. Um, they're struggling. They're 16 games below 520 and 36, and they haven't been very good on the road this year. That said, the Braves are starting to put it together, and where we are right now with this team is starting to feel a little bit better. Um, I, I think over the next six games, uh, four and two or better is the only acceptable answer. Uh, especially against Pittsburgh with a four game series against those guys coming up, but um, being 28 and 27 and above 500 for the, what first or second time this year was, I think they were above 500 real briefly uh, one point earlier in the year. I'm looking right now. Uh, They were, they were two and one uh, against Cincinnati and that was it. So uh, here they are regardless, but they go four and two over the next six games. It, at worst, uh, and I would expect them not to drop one against Oakland. Um, and four game series are hard to sweep, especially when you just did it. So, nonetheless, but I, you look at the final, you know, uh, nine games that they got here: two against Oakland, four against Pittsburgh, and three against Washington. Six and three is where they should be when it's done. And like I said, at that point in time, you're thirty four and thirty, and there's no reason to look back. And that's where we would be, and then that's when I'll take the victory lap on June on the show when we get to Thursday, June sixteenth. That's when I'll take the victory lap. So we got we got a week from Thursday is when the victory lap comes in, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm not gonna do it before that because I don't I don't want to I don't want to do too much celebrating and then having to walk it back and get my foot stuck in my mouth. Not my not my deal. But this is a Braves team right now that uh, start is starting to look like they are capable of you know continuing to win games at this clip. And you're starting to look at the batting average numbers of certain guys and everything else. I mean, hey, don't look now for as bad as Dansby was in the beginning of the year, guess what? He's leading the team with a 274 batting average at this point in time. I mean, it, it you know, who who would have thought it? Now, Acuña again um is batting over 300 but he doesn't have enough at bats to qualify due to his injury that's always great you know as, as long as he continues to to hit that way at the top of the line things are going to be better love to see matt Olson get back up in the high 280s range i mean he sort of really had a struggling may after a really good april um but they need to get him back going again love to see some more pop from adam duvall to be perfectly honest with you um and and that's really it i mean other than that You know, Ozzy could get on base a little more. His 291 OBP probably is a little bit disconcerting at this point in time. Uh, He needs to have a higher on base percentage. Uh, More walks, less strikeouts would be really nice for him, especially for a guy who's that fast, only has three stolen bases on the year. You know, um, there's more to be done there. There's more to be done. But let this thing continue to evolve. And that's really what I think the, the main message and the main takeaway here is that This should continue to evolve for the Braves and they should start to get better on a routine basis, day in and day out, game in and game out, and just start to look a little bit more like the team that won the world series last year. When they start to do that, things are going to settle in quite nicely for this team going forward because, and I'll do one more set of forecasting here, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but what happens after June 15th and where are they from a schedule standpoint to the all-star break, you know, it's not going to get easy. They'll play the Cubs, right? But then they see a series of 10 games against the San Francisco Giants, really good. Los Angeles Dodgers, really good. Philadelphia Phillies, division opponent that's going to be very, very tough. Uh, you get a three-game break with Cincinnati, who's who's still better than you think, and then a four-game series against uh, St. Louis. And that um, is really where you could get in trouble. You know that's that's where you just want to get through that next stretch of, you know, twelve games or so, fourteen games, five hundred. That's fine, that's fine. It really is. Like, don't don't overthink it. Don't try to to overcomplicate it. Um, and then you'll finish up with a, a total of ten between the, the Nationals and the Mets before uh, the end of the first half of the season. So, that's where that's where they go. They're going to have this easy stretch finishing up here. Um, essentially with Chicago um, right after the national series, but then it's San Francisco, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, St. Louis. That's going to be a tough run. And I know again, you're starting to say Cincinnati's not as bad as they started out this year. Trust me. Uh, And their record continues to get better after a three and 21 start. I think they're 13 and three since then, or 15 and three, something like that. I got to double check the exact numbers. Point is they are really, really good. No, I shouldn't say that. They are better than what we think they are. So, Let's just get to June 15th and see what happens from there. All right, coming up next, the Atlanta Hawks better act fast because not only do they have a challenge in front of them, they've got a challenge going on around them as well. That's next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, you search Locked On Sports Atlanta.
1: We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to ADZ to here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Of course, give us a follow on Twitter at Locked ATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Like all the content. Make sure you check out all the great shows we got here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This has been an amazing venture. You guys have had so much to do with it. The response has been amazing. We just want to say thank you. So we certainly appreciate you guys making Locked On Sports Atlanta part of your everyday Sports listen right here in the A. Uh, check out, like I said, all the great shows. ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Taneetra Batiste. You got Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, our Braves postcast, which, of course, is lights out right now just because of all the winning that they're doing. So after every Braves game, you get the Braves postcast. Of course, Locked on Falcons, Locked on Hawks, and more. So, again, thank you guys for supporting us here at Locked on ATL. Uh, and we're going to have to get Brad Rowland on from Locked on Hawks because – they are up against, I guess, what may now feel like an unspoken timer. Uh, in We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Was it days or weeks ago when the news first broke? I can't quite remember. I'm still getting my bearings on time after me after a long uh, golf weekend. But it was when we heard that Quinn Snyder, the head coach of the Utah Jazz, was going back and forth in contract negotiations with the team, deciding where to stay or whether to go, and – and everything else. Well, he's made it official now. He's leaving. He's departing from the Utah Jazz after eight seasons as their head coach. And reports are already saying that Donovan Mitchell, the star for the Utah Jazz, is unsettled, unnerved, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future. According to sources that were told to ESPN, this is from Adrian Wojnarowski. All right. So, you know, the availability of Donovan Mitchell uh, is one thing, and whether he fits in Atlanta, that's one thing. You know, we've already talked about Rudy Gobert uh, and what he could do for the Atlanta Hawks. And clearly, this is a team right now that is focused on defense, 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 right? And and they should be. That's 100% understandable. There's nothing else they should be focused on. It's the one thing they need to do to get better and the one thing that they need to do to make sure uh, they can get a little bit deeper than the first round of the NBA playoffs. But here's the real rub. Um, And, you know, the Hawks don't have a ton of cap space. And they don't have the ability to go out and get some big name free agents to make their team better. Uh, and so that's going to create a little bit of friction unless they could pull off a sign and trade, which, you know, according to our good friend Chris Kirshner of the athletic, uh, you know, they're not always as favorable. Um, they're usually one-sided in the team that is getting the big players is usually giving up a lot more. And obviously again, a lot more restricted cap wise to do so. But the thought that came to my mind was this, you know, The Hawks have to be very swift but very careful about how they approach this whole thing. If the Jazz are going to break up and you're going to take the two biggest players there in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and they are going to be put out to the highest bidder uh, and, and sent out there, it's not only a question of, Do the Hawks want one of those players? Will they fit here? Can they get them at the price they want? But the other part of it is, can they actually, you know, almost stop other teams from doing it? Because that's the real issue. As I've said, this roster is currently constructed. At best, is the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference. At best. What would it look like if Donovan Mitchell ended up – in, I don't know Philadelphia. Let's say they dump Harden, and they bring Donovan Mitchell, and and again, I don't know that all the numbers could work. I but just roll with me here for a minute. What happens if Donovan Mitchell ends up with Philadelphia, or or somehow Brooklyn, right? What if Rudy Gobert ends up in Brooklyn, on a, on a very friendly deal to go play with KD and Kyrie, right? I mean, what what happens if? If Toronto gets one of those guys, imagine Milwaukee, even if you take Donovan Mitchell and put him on the New York Knicks or the Cleveland Cavaliers, are they equal to where the Hawks are? There's an argument. They could be, there's an argument that they could be. I mean, that's the challenge that Travis Schlenk faces at this moment is not only does he have to make his team better, how do you get more better than the other Eastern Conference teams? who are also getting more better, and more better is not proper English. I understand that, but just work with me here. So the real challenge is: Do you go get Donovan Mitchell? Do you do you go get Rudy Gobert? Can you do you do you mortgage the farm? Is you know I like to say? Do, do you go change? Uh, the, the construct of your future to get better now and how much better will one of those guys make you is really the, the the real question here because the idea that you may have to give up more than what normally market value would need to get for Rudy Gobert because it's a sell-off to the highest bidder and everybody knows it and any interested team is going to want to come in there and they'll take the best offer, right? So you're probably going to have to come in, you know, with a 10%, 20% bump, whatever it may be. If that isn't enough to get you better than fifth or fourth in the Eastern Conference, what have you really done, right? Especially when Donovan Mitchell may end up somewhere else in the East. You know, again, he could stay out West. It probably behooves him to stay out West where there is less depth in that conference at this point in time. You know, um, God, and I was just looking at the West. Imagine Donovan Mitchell with, with Luka Doncic in Dallas. Imagine those two together. Man, somebody call Mark Cuban. Anyway, but, I mean, that's that's the real issue for the Atlanta Hawks at this point in time is that if you're going to have players like that available on the market and you can't immediately impact and make yourself better, when other teams are doing it, you, you, they're, they're running the same race you are. And they've got a head start, and if they're getting better and, and – at a bigger degree of what you're getting better, you're never going to catch them. And that's the challenge. And that's where the Hawks are. And they've got to figure out a way to get better without or hoping that everybody else who's better than them doesn't improve to the same percentage that the Hawks do. Because sixth is not a good place to be in the East. It's, it's not going to get you far. You see what Boston did to Golden State? right i mean you you can see how how it goes down see what philadelphia did to toronto yeah you can see how it goes down i mean it's there's some really good teams in the east and and it's not going to get any easier for the hawks at all all right coming up next uh we have shovels of wisdom a little look at the atlanta falcons and of course a recap of it was a great weekend that's coming up next right here on Z on locked on sports atlanta free on youtube and wherever you get your podcast search locked on sports atlanta we'll be right back
1: this is your invitation to a master class in engineering and design your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the lexus performance line a feeling this dynamic is invite only fortunately you're invited
0: Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Wrapping things up here on this Monday. Great to be back in the saddle with you guys uh, here for another full week. Going to be a lot to get to here as Falcons OTAs, uh, the final OTA before mandatory minicamp is underway this week. Uh, We'll get to that coming up in a moment. But first, time for Shuffles of Wisdom.
1: Brace yourselves, because it's time for the Shovel of Wisdom.
0: Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We like to whack somebody upside the head with a shovel just because it's fun and people are dumb. You can do so as well. Hit me up on Twitter at Mark M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, and use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to some random maniac in a California Starbucks. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, you might have seen that I retweeted this video uh, over the weekend. And well, uh, someone who tweets at Desert Life eighty uh, eight said, "We seriously have a mental health crisis in this country." And the video you're about to hear, and if you go to my Twitter account at Zeno, you'll see it on my feed. Uh, is a is a woman in a Starbucks who is just maniacally yelling at Starbucks employees. I'm going to let you listen to about 15, 20 seconds of it. I can't understand what exactly she's yelling about, but well, you can try and decide for yourself. Program at the bank. It is not illegal to yell here. Excuse me, ma'am. You are helped when you are visiting excuse the city. Would you please you ask your family to come? I mean, I, <laughs> you have been asked very loudly about your family's contracts. You do not live off this salary.
1: It brushes. <laughs> With the
0: understanding, I, <laughs> I mean, this lady is just losing her damn mind in the middle of a Starbucks. I didn't figure, I couldn't figure out what the heck it was over or anything else. Uh It's laughable. And you know, where what I came in and said is is sounds like we seriously have a mental health crisis in this country. I'm like, no, we seriously have an a-hole crisis in this country because that's all that woman is. That's it. Don't try to overthink this. Don't try to massage this woman I- into thinking that there's a mental health issue. No, there's a big difference between people with mental health problems and people who are a-holes. And that was an a-hole. It's that simple. I mean, it, you don't really have to try to make this into something it's not. When you go into a Starbucks, if you're looking for more than coffee, get out. That's all I got to tell you. I mean, it's just crazy, crazy. And some of these people do this stuff because they know it's going to end up online and everything else. That's why I don't think we have a mental health uh, crisis. So that person is not under a mental health crisis. That person just, you know, wanted their attention and they got it. Congratulations. All right, let's give our attention to the Atlanta Falcons here because... They have their final OTA, uh, and this one's close to the media. We're not going to have any access this week uh, for these three days to see what they have going on. Mandatory minicamp, June 14th through the 16th. So I'll get my first look up close and personal at some of these folks and what they have going on uh, and what the reports were from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, OTA that they held last week was simply that Desmond Ritter looks confident, Desmond Ritter is playing like he's going to be the starter and Desmond Ritter looks like a kid um, who obviously wants that job and wants that starting role. Those are all good things. But remember, uh, Brian Billick told me this once when I was covering the Ravens and I'll never forget it. he said, don't fall in love with a guy in shorts. Um, This isn't real football. This isn't, you know, anything other than getting more mental reps accompanied by physical exertion, right? It's just understanding the basics and, and finding out that coaches know that you can understand concepts and what to do and how to react—it's um, it, a different version of football from that standpoint. So, I try not to get too excited about things that I hear about OTAs and practice and even mini camp and training camp. Now they'll do a little bit of headbanging in mini camp; they'll be allowed to hit a little bit. Um, but other than that, you know, you're not really going to see any live contact until you get to training camp, and even at that, it's never 100% full go. So. Um, I am curious to see where all of this stuff lands uh, for the Falcons. It was interesting to see, though, ESPN.com did all of their rookie projections um, for or at least top five finishers in major statistical categories for rookie projections, Uh, and this was done by Mike Clay, who's a writer for ESPN, Uh, and he actually did when it came to passing yards and touchdowns. He forecasted Kenny Pickett at the top with 2,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. Matt Corral next, 1,931 yards, nine touchdowns. And Desmond Ritter third with 1,791 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, And then Malik Willis and Sam Howell seeing next to zero time. Now, again, because obviously Ryan Tannehill is the supplant or is the, the, you know, big starter there and in Washington it's it's Carson Wentz so neither one of those guys is expected to see the field barring a major injury so I get it I think more of Atlanta Carolina and Pittsburgh are situations where those three quarterbacks were drafted to uh, get some playing time this year or at least find out what you got in them uh, and then you go to rushing yards for the year um, they have forecasted Brees Hall, the Jets, with over 1,000 yards. Damian Pierce to the Texans, just under 600. Ken Walker, Kenneth Walker, you went to Ken now? Kenneth Walker to the Seattle Seahawks, 551. Isaiah Spiller for the Chargers, 533. And Tyler Algier for 421 yards this year. I got to tell you, if he only has 421 yards rushing, I'm not good. That's, that's surprising to me. 600, 700 should be more where I think he is. Like that to me seems more of what I would expect of an Arthur Smith offense. I don't know if he can get to a thousand. Remember, a thousand yards is only sixty-six yards per game. It's not this incredibly high number. Um, it's difficult. I'm not saying it isn't, but it's not like a number that is you know impossible to reach um, just based off of a requisite carry share. If you get three hundred fifty carries, you only need to go like three point four yards to get to you know a uh, thousand yard season. It's not. It's not anything that's you know. All that impressive. And then finally, I'll give you one more here on um, receiving yards because he has Drake London at the top. Oops, sorry. He has Drake London at the top as I hit my microphone here with 967 receiving yards. That sounds about that. that if he's there and Kyle Pitts is at 1,200, I think you're good. I think you're good. Right. And and that kind of would add up to Kyle Pitts at nine, uh, Kyle Pitts at 1,200 and, uh, Drake London at nine hundred, uh, and that gets you to around twenty-one hundred yards uh, in that range, and they project, projected Ritter with just under eighteen hundred yards, so we're in that range, right? Um, you know, there's a couple of games there for for Mariota, and that's that. But he's got London forecasted more yards than Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I mean, pretty good, pretty good uh, stuff there. Pretty good stuff. So uh yeah let's let's see what happens. I don't, I don't mind those projections. I don't think that they're all that bad. I really really don't I think it if they get to those projections, you have to feel pretty good about where the Falcons are. all right um I you know I stand corrected real quick. the Falcons will have uh, immediate advisory on Thursday June 9th so uh, there'll be a practice viewing uh, and media availability so it's not until Thursday that they get that all right Uh, That'll do it for us today here on A to Z. Appreciate you guys joining me once again here on this Monday. Been great to be with you guys. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Mark Zinno. Thanks for making A to Z part of your everyday sports listen here in the ATL. Don't forget to make Hitting Hard with John Chucker your next listen, along with uh, ATL Day Wins with Jarvis Davis and Denitra Batiste. We will be back tomorrow, full show again. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you tomorrow.